0: Welcome, welcome. Merry Christmas and uh, all of the kind of Christmas season. I want to welcome some of our people that we have online. We've got Beth Othmer, Crystal, Helene and Dan Ahern. Uh, Who knows where you guys are in the United States right now? Uh, Monica Dawson, Doug and Linda Hajar, Ryan Stover, Helen Pendleton, Lori Gildart, Mary and Frances Sibley, uh, Pat Kasaboom and Catherine LaHue. Just excited to to see you guys. I don't know if you were able to uh, to be a part of our uh, Christmas Christmas Eve service. It was, it was just like I was hoping it would be. The rain stayed away, and uh, it was just a simple um, gospel message and uh, taking some time to just worship underneath the stars. It was a beautiful, beautiful night, and um, and God was honored. And so, it was it was cool. I got to meet a guy that came to me during the middle of worship and just said, "I don't know why I'm here. I live far away." and uh, I'm not religious. And uh, he said, but almost," almost a he started crying. He just said, but I'm moved. i moved to tears. And uh, I said, God's doing a great work in you. And uh, he just said, this won't be the last time you see me. And so uh, I'd just be, be praying for him. And, um, you know, God, just, God was just honored in the midst of it. So um, anyway, thank you all for, for coming on out. Those of you who serve, thanks for just making it happen in a, in a crazy year where we just do, do things out of the box, um, outside of the box. Anyway, well, welcome. My name is Pastor Justin. I'm the senior pastor here at New Life. And and I've been encouraging you to do something over the past couple weeks. I'm just going to encourage one last time, as this is the last week of of this uh, year, 2020, um, to be asking the Lord for a word for 2021 for you, for your family, for, for this church. And if you've never done this before, highly recommend that you just take the opportunity. You've got a few more days to do that. It's um, nothing weirdly holy about it. This isn't some sort of a kind of an, an odd thing. I just believe that God likes talking to his people. And the Bible says that his voice is not hard to hear. So if we focus in and ask him, you know, Lord, would you give us, give me a word for, for this year, for 2021, that I can just kind of be holding on to, then um, I just believe that, that God wants to give that to us. And so it's proven to be uh, an amazing anchor for me in in years and in seasons of just, kind of chaos and uh, well 2020 has been a good year for that um, where you just know that change is imminent to be able to hold on to something that, that the Lord has given you and so um, here's what I would also say if as you sense that the Lord has given you a word maybe you've been praying over the past couple of weeks um, write it down. Make it clear. Don't just like, I, I have a friend who actually made me a bracelet this past year with, with my word on it. Um, make, make it clear. Write it down so that you can, you can hold on to it. And if you take a moment, I'd love it if you'd share it with me. So if you're here or if you're online over the next week or so, um, we've got a, it's nlc.today backslash word. And uh, you can just go right there and just ask for like your name real quick and then, and then the word. I would love for you to share with me um, what it is that God is putting on your heart for 2021. I would love for you to share as you're a vital part of of this family to be able to just see what God is doing. I I, I have a hunch that God's gonna be speaking similar things to many of us. And so I'd love to just be able to see that. That goes right into my my email inbox, so I'll be able to see that. Um, And for you to just be able to share that, that would be amazing. So, all right. Today I wanna talk to you, the the topic is, or the the title is Seasons Greetings, and uh, because this is, we're kind of coming out of a season and going into a new season. Um, We're always hoping and praying that we're heading into a better season, um, and given our past season, the new season, well, it doesn't have to do too much to be better than our past season, amen. So, so, so we hope, we pray that we're moving out of maybe a season of plowing, of planting, of watering, of weeding into a season of harvest. Like that would be, uh, that would be what I'd be praying into for 2021. But we're we're, we're always like living in amongst seasons and, um, God doesn't always work the same way that we think in terms of like months, years and, um, dates and times. And he, he works within seasons and, um, it's life is full of them. We just were gearing up for Christmas and the Christmas season. And so we, we search on Google and Amazon and Etsy for the right gift and we wrap it and we give it and we receive gifts and all those things. And, um, and then the, the weird part is, is that you come to this, this point. You know what I find the oddest time is Christmas afternoon. Like you, you've, It's the chaos of Christmas. Leading up to it, you're just, you're just, oh, my goodness. You put all this time and effort into it, the wrapping of the gifts, the everything's right, everything's just perfect, and then everyone opens up the gifts and they play with them for a bit, and then Christmas afternoon comes and people are just kind of like, what do we do now? There's this weird boredom, like this weird, like kind of restless tiredness that kind of comes over people. I mean, it's the the reason why historically um, people always go to the movies on Christmas Day because they're just kind of like, okay, that was awesome. Go see a movie or something? I don't know go do something. I don't know. i got to do something because we, i got this restless tiredness, this restless energy that's kind of in, in me right now, and I don't quite know it to, what to do with it. And you may be like, no, that's not me. You know, I'm still holly jolly old elf, and the, you know, that's not who I am. But the, but the reality is it's, what I want to talk about today is this, is this weariness. A weariness that I think, well, I see it on people probably even more markedly over the past nine months. It's just a Um, and and the weird thing is that it's not necessarily connected to our busyness because we used to do this all the time. We used to say, how are you doing? How's how's your week been? What have you been up to? I'm busy. Busy, 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 right? And we'd we'd, we'd equate that with tired, too. I'm busy and tired. Like, yeah, how are things going? I think good good with the family? Yep, just busy, you know, busy, busy, yeah. Oh, yeah, so it's good. Busy's good. Yep, busy's great. Yep, good, good, good. We're busy, busy, busy. But, but what I find now, and we're in this weird place of you know, heading through all of this, a lot of us are working from home, and so there's not that type of like, physical busyness where we're like, oh my gosh, we're just running all over the place, taking the kids to soccer practice, and then we've got a hockey practice, we're going all over the place. We're not, we don't have the busyness, but we still have the weariness, and we still have this, this tiredness um, because the tiredness that I see on people has little to do with what they're physically doing and their physical busyness. And, and has much more to do with the weariness on the inside. Um, this kind of thing that's just like, I, I'm just tired. I, I, don't know, I don't necessarily know why. I wish I, could, I wish I could attribute it to this or that I've got this going on, this going on. But there's, there's kind of an overarching um, tiredness. And the Apostle Paul talks about this in Galatians 6, 9, which is kind of like our, our verse for today. And it says this. He says, let us not become weary in doing good for the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And, and, and what we know about the Apostle Paul is this, this dude was on the go. Like he was busy, right? Um, he was busy planting churches. He was preaching the gospel. He was doing all kinds of stuff. But, but he was also shipwrecked. He was also beaten and persecuted. And he was also stoned and arrested. He was whipped and left for dead. Living in the dream, right? I mean, this was, his, uh, this was kind of in the midst of him planning churches and preaching the gospel. All of these things were kind of like these seasons that he went through. Because I think sometimes we have this thought, and, and, um, and if I'm just honest, you get to this place, even in your Christian walk, where you're like, is all this doing good stuff really worth it? Like, is this thing paying off here? Like, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm serving, I'm giving, I'm doing, and I'm, and I, I'm being committed and I'm loyal, but I'm just wondering, like, what, what, am, I, what am I doing? Is this actually making a difference? Because I'm still struggling in this thing and I'm still feeling pain in this area of my life and I'm still walking through this difficulty in my life and I'm not understanding because I thought that if I did this, then this was going to go away. And, and we, we, we struggle with this. And if you've been a Christian for any length of time, meaning like a week, right? Then you've come to this place of just wondering, like, I'm just tired of doing good. We don't like to admit that, but like, I'm tired of, I'm tired, man. I'm just, I'm tired of being faithful. I'm tired of, I'm tired of loving. I'm tired of serving. I'm tired of not punching people in the face. I'm tired of, I'm tired of being generous. I'm tired of smiling all the time. I'm tired of trying to be kind. Like, I'm just not quite sure that it's worth it. And this is kind of what, what Paul's speaking to in Galatians 6, 9. And sometimes it's not just tired of what we're doing. Sometimes it's tired of what we're not doing. Because if you've been a Christian any length of time, you start to have these questions too. Like, I'm, just, I'm tired that I'm, just, I'm not doing the stuff that, that I used to be addicted to. <laughs> I'm tired of not clicking on the websites that I, I used to click on. I'm tired of not punching the coworker in the face that deserves it like I well, I did that one time, then I got fired, but I'm tired of not doing that, right? I'm tired of not doing everything that I'm thinking about doing. And I think the reality is that, that for many of us, we're weary and, and nobody knows it. I think for some of us, we're weary and, and maybe we don't know it. We don't, we don't necessarily see it. Because, I mean, you could still be serving and, and kind of feel dead inside. You can still be like uh, faithful, but doing it out of obligation rather than out of passion. You can still be um, weary, even in your marriage. You can be weary in taking care of someone, and it's, you feel horrible saying that because this is, this is where God has you right now, and this is where you're passionate, but you're just weary. You're weary of taking care of somebody. You're weary of, of family issues and drama that you feel like you're always having to cover for. Like you, You're weary of that breakthrough in this area of your life. You're weary of being sick. You're weary of, of the struggle in, in life, and essentially what Paul is saying to us, he's like, don't become weary and give up and, and miss the harvest. He uses this weird, like, uh, farming analogy, which we don't necessarily live in an agrarian culture right now, and so um, we don't we don't necessarily connect to it the way that maybe his the the church in Galatia did when he first wrote it. But, but we all kind of know gardening, even if you're not a gardener. It's like you kind of know the, the the gist of it, right? You 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 plow the soil. You plant the seed, you water and you weed, and then you wait, you wait for the harvest. You kind of do this every year. You, you, you till the soil, you, you plant the seed, you water and you weed, 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 and then you, you wait for the harvest. And um, I was thinking about this one year, like I've been, I've been married for 20 years now, and very early on in our marriage, we were, we were young. We didn't know what we were doing in much of life. and. Uh, and we, we decided we're gonna have a, a, a garden this year. None of us had ever taken gardening courses, that's a thing. Um, and I would never really knew, known how to garden. And so we thought, that's, it's, how can it be that hard? So we just decided we're gonna start a garden. And so on the side of our house, we just tilled the soil, because that's what you do, and then you plant the seeds. And so we planted the seeds, and then we watered them, and then, and then we got busy. I don't know if you've ever done this before. Nobody likes to admit this, but, but this is a reality. We're we we're, we're a lot better at gardening now, but we got busy that year, like with other stuff that seemed much more pressing. And I don't know about you, but but gardens are kind of needy, right? Like real needy. And neither Katie nor I liked weeding or watering. And it's like it's worse than having a pet, right? You're like, oh my gosh! You're like, did you water the garden? I'm like, no, I did water the stupid garden. I watered it two days ago. Why can't it be good enough, right? Like, it's always needy. It's like, ah, eh, 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 like always needing more. And I'm like, no. And so she's like, well, I'm not watering. You, it's your turn. I'm like, oh, whatever, I don't care, right? And we, we didn't weed, and then it got bad. Like, it got real bad. Have you ever had this experience? Like, it turned into a jungle. And because we were new to this gardening thing, we were literally like, I don't know what is what I'm trying to grow and what is just growing, Right? You ever been there? You're like, that could be a potato or a dandelion. But I have no clue which one it is because I've never seen a potato plant before. And um, so we just decided to give up. And uh, legit, these things just, it grew into a, into a mound of a jungle that some fruit kind of grew on it and we're just like, forget it. We just like, just burn it, right? I mean, we're done. We're done with it. We didn't do it. Why? Because, because you get into this situation and, and let's just be honest, it's, it's the weeding and the watering that makes you so weary. I mean, tilling the soil, okay, that's a day project, right? I mean, get, you till up the soil and you, get the, you buy the seeds and you're like, okay, here's the packet. This is gonna be this, okay? And then you, you plant the seeds. But then, then the hard part comes of, of the maintenance of it. Oh, it's the tilling, it's it's the, it's the watering and it's the weeding and it's it's the waiting that um, that makes us weary. Cuz you start questioning. I I don't think the soil works right. I like think we babe, we buy where did we buy this soil? Kmart? Like I mean this I think we bought some bad soil. Like other stuff is growing in this soil. Like we we planted this and, and other stuff is like I think that the soil's bad, or you're waiting and you're watering and you're weeding and you're just like man I think the seed is bad like I didn't the seeds not working right because nothing I've it's been like two days and I've it's the neediest garden I've ever seen like I don't understand why I'm not seeing a harvest and we've been doing what we're supposed to do and watched a YouTube video on it and so we're professionals like everybody else and so we're like we're going 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 and I'm not seeing anything and you get weary and let me just say it's the weariness that causes you to walk away. It's the weariness to just be like, you know what? I don't think, we we did something wrong, or maybe it's not even me. It's the soil, it's the seed, it's something else because we've done everything that we're supposed to do. But it's it's in the waiting that we don't always notice the growth along the way because a lot of it's underground, right? I mean, you're watering, you're weeding, and you're waiting and wondering, like, why in the world is this no change here? But you can be growing even when you don't realize it. Did you know that? You you can be growing even when you don't realize it. And when we don't see the growth, then we get overwhelmed. We're just like, I just... I'm just not good at gardening. I'm just not good at this Christianity thing. Obviously, like I've just been—I I, I prayed and I, I'm doing the right thing and I'm, I'm, I'm serving and I'm giving and I'm trying to say the right things and, and not say and not do the bad things. And I just don't understand. And I'm just overwhelmed. Why? Because I'm, I'm waiting for this to shift, and I'm sick of weeding. I'm sick of watering. And we grow weary because we begin to think that, that something's wrong, that something's not working. Maybe either we're not a good gardener or more likely the seed is, is bad or the, or the soil we bought is not working. So I wanna encourage you, like, even as we look back on this past season, 2020, it's not a total loss. And, and many of us are like, well, you know, just like, man, I just think that like, I can't wait till 2021 and I'm, I'm staying up I don't normally wait for the ball drop, but I'm staying up so I can just, you know, say goodbye to 2020, make sure it dies, right? But the reality is, is that there's there's been work that God has done in the midst of it. And um, I was praying about a month ago, and uh, the Lord just spoke this into my spirit, and he just said, 2020 has been a year of threshing, and uh, I didn't like that. I didn't. Well, first of all, I didn't know what it meant, really. I was like, I don't know what threshing really is. And yeah, you're like, well, you're a pastor. You should know what threshing is. I'm like, yeah, but I don't really know because there's threshing and winnowing, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a farmer. And so I had to look it up. I was like, I don't, Lord, I don't even know what this means. And so this threshing is the act of, um, of taking wheat and separating the edible part of the grain from the straw that's just attached to it. And the way that you do it, watch YouTube videos, so I'm a professional. And the way that you do it is through a bunch of different ways. One of them is through using a flail, which is like a stick with another stick. It's kind of like an extended numchuck, was the way I explain it. And you hit the, the, all of the kind of the wheat, and as in the hitting, in the beating, the, uh, the grain breaks away from the straw. The thing that's useful breaks away from the thing that it's connected to. Other ways you do it is you take like donkeys or beasts of burden or whatever, and you have them walk around. That's for you. And so you walk around in circles, and then they kind of crush it, and it separates. And the reality that that I I was sensing the Lord was saying is that in many ways, 2020 has been a year of threshing because it has caused us to have to separate that which is useful from that which is just attached to it. Separate what is truly Jesus and what is just the trappings of Christianity, and you get to this place where, in the stripping and in the the, the tearing and the pressing, um, that God begins this refining process. And if you think of it, all good things come through that, right? Like you, you think of like things like uh, flour and oats, and wine comes through pressing. And you think of the the, the greatest thing, coffee, comes through. Through, through pressing, through through you're, you're right through, through all of that, like all of the greatest things in life come through that process. And I think the Lord was, was, was just speaking to me, essentially saying that sometimes fruitfulness can feel like pain. Like sometimes you go through a difficult time and it doesn't feel very good and doesn't feel like it's producing anything, but sometimes it's through the beating and the crushing and the pressing that it actually brings out the best in us. And... Um, Anyway, I was just, I was, I was, I was processing through that and that, that reality of that in our own life. Have I embraced that, the, the, uh, the opportunity for growth even through a really difficult time or have I been pushing away from it? And, and the, the problem is that sometimes we hear testimonies of people that are miracles that, that, you know, God's doing in their life, whether it's financial or health or whatever, and, and it's maddening because we're busy weeding and watering and waiting and, um, and it's even more wearying because we're, we're seeing the successes of other people's harvests. Have you ever looked at somebody else's life and been like, what? What the what? Why, I, how in the world do they get to walk in all this harvest all the time? Because I feel like my life is just weeding and watering and waiting. It's been a long stinking time. And I, I don't understand why, why my life doesn't look like theirs in your notes, it says this, like, stop comparing your plowing season to someone else's harvest season. Stop comparing your planting season to someone else's harvest season. It's so easy to look at somebody else's life and think, well, look at all the harvests that they get to have. But we forget to remember that that's because that they're in harvest season and you're in planting season. They're in harvest season and you're in, in plowing season. And because they didn't give up in plowing season, that's why they get to enjoy harvest season. This is what Paul is communicating in Galatians 6.9. He's like, don't give up when it gets hard because it's in, the, it's, in the, it's in the continual process of allowing God to work in through you and doing good even when you become weary that, that you will experience the harvest. And if we're not careful, then we look at other people's harvest season and we want to just—we don't want to have to go through plowing. We don't have to want to go through planting. We just want to jump from harvest to harvest to harvest. And so that's why, honestly, we have Christians that will jump from church to church to church because when it gets hard or when it gets weird or when it gets difficult, I, I'm looking around for another church that's in harvest season. And so I go and I run and I jump from there to there to there because I'm wanting to jump from harvest to harvest to, to harvest. And even, you know, you just think of it like um, in, in, in you look at other people's harvest seasons, and not just in church, but in, in marriage or in a job. And you just think, I just want what they have. I think people in my position at like age 40, you know, like almost millennials, like we have a hard time waiting. Why? Because we want to be walking in what our parents had to work 20 years to get. But I want it stinking now, right? That's kind of the, it's always the younger generation. We look and say, well, I know you've been working for this for 30 years, but I'd like to be walking in what you had to walk through and water and weed and go through all of that. I want to be in your harvest season, but I don't have, I don't have to plant. I don't have to weed. I don't have to water. I don't have to till soil. I don't have to do the hard work. I just want to be walking in your harvest season just like you are. But can I tell you, you will only truly appreciate the harvest if you take part in the process of plowing. You'll only truly appreciate the harvest unless you take part in the process of, of planting because God is always in the process. And, you, and you, you'll always kind of be struggling to kind of be happy in life because if you choose to just jump from harvest to, harvest to harvest to harvest to harvest to harvest. Why? Because you were never meant to just consume your fruit. You were created to produce it. When was the last time you saw a tree eat its own fruit? You'd be like, it's like cannibalism. What the heck is that thing doing? That's just weird, right? you never seen a tree just like nom, 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 eating its own fruit. That's just weird. Why? Because trees were never created to consume their own fruit. They were actually created to produce fruit. That's why we see all throughout Scripture, bear fruit, bear much fruit, bear more fruit, stay connected to the vine, right? I mean, this, all of this be fruitful and multiply, 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 multiply. Why? Because a tree was meant to produce fruit, not as a consumer of it, but as a multiplier of itself and as a benefit to others. You catch that? So when a tree produces fruit, what is the main purpose of that? Is it so that it can consume it? No, it's so that it can multiply itself and so that it can be a benefit to others. And in the same way, you were created to bear much fruit in your life. And time and time again, we get, we get kind of like distracted on this and we start thinking just like even we can go back to the beginning, like Adam and Eve, we, we consume to thinking that it's all about the fruit that we eat. You know, why don't I get to eat fruit off of that tree? Why can't I eat fruit off of that tree? Why can't I get into, why can't I do that? And I think what God would be saying to us is like, don't get sidetracked with the, and, and think that we're only consumers of the grace of God in our life. You're actually meant to be multipliers and propagators of that grace to others. And when we get into the place of thinking, like, the grace of God is for me to hold on to tightly and to not release it and to get more of it and more of it and accumulate the grace of God in my life more for me, we miss the fact that we are meant to actually multiply it and to propagate it for other people. And we get weary. Hoarding is tiring, isn't it? it, it, it it's, it's weird. So, so what do we do? How do we, how do we battle weariness? What do we do when, when we find ourselves weary in doing good? Firstly, and this has even just been, honestly, some of this stuff has just come out of my 2020. <laughs> um, the first thing that we realize is that, is that weariness will drive you to religion instead of passion. Weariness will drive you to religion instead of passion. It's that's just true. Because did you know that you can serve God and serve Him out of weariness? You can serve Him out of religion. I love the story of uh, of Mary and Martha. I'll read it to you in Luke chapter ten, verse thirty-eight. He says this. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. It's this kind of story, this little like, you know, encounter between these two sisters and Jesus coming over for dinner. And and a lot of times Martha gets a bad rap. Yeah, we're like, yeah, don't be a Martha, be a Mary, right? When you kind of like, we look at Martha, and she's all distracted, and she's in there cooking. And can we just, first of all, I'd like to come to just her aid for a second. Like, first of all, um, this wasn't Mary's house. This was Martha's house. And from what we can tell, I'm guessing Mary was Martha's younger sister, which means Mary was a freeloader, Right? <laughs> She wasn't, she wasn't worried about who's paying the electric bill. She wasn't worried about, about, about a mortgage. She was just kind of hanging out at Martha's house. And don't forget, Martha was actually doing good. She was cooking. She was trying to make dinner for Jesus. Okay, like that's kind of a big deal. Like if Jesus come over your house, you probably wouldn't just be like, I don't know, just make some mac and cheese, right? Like, like No, you'd be like, no, I want to make Jesus, the, the, the creator of the world, um, maybe something a little bit special, right? and she's working and she's a little stressed because she's in there all by herself making the pigs in a blanket and she's trying to wrap those little piggies and, and for the savior of the world, I mean, so this is a big deal. These are like pigs in a blanket for like a purpose, right? And so he's going, she's going, she's going and she's missing out on all the fun that's going on in the living room and she's just getting, she's, and they're all like, ha 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 Jesus, oh you're so funny, tell us another story, ha, 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 ha. and she's just in there making pigs in a blanket, making pigs in a she's just turning them out, turning them out and you know how when you get in that place where you're just Like you just getting angry, you started out like I'm making pigs in a blanket for Jesus, yeah, yeah, and then you're just like making pigs in a blanket all by myself, all here, and nobody's helping me. And all of a sudden, what you started out serving out of passion now just becomes like your angry place, and you're just like all you can focus on is the fact that your sister isn't in here making you. And and you're just you're, she's she's struggling, and so she goes she gets weary, and she finally comes in to to Jesus, and essentially, and this is kind of my own version, but I mean you can read it yourself. I mean she says like, tell my sister to get off her lazy butt and help me make some pigs in a blanket. Like get her in here, quit chatting with her and telling her stories and praying with her and like all these things because she's getting weary. Can you tell? I mean, you could just tell from the story, she's weary in doing good. But here's the thing, as we we look at this whole Mary Martha story, this is one thing I want us to understand, is that as much as Martha wants us to think, she is not weary because of the task. I need you to catch this. She's not weary because the, the pigs were too hard to blanket by herself, Okay? That's not the reason. She's weary because she's not with Jesus. That's why she's weary. And when you're weary on the inside, you tend to point blame on the outside. When you're weary and struggling and serving and committed and making pigs in a blanket for Jesus and doing all the things that you used to do out of passion and You start to look on the outside and think that the problem is on the outside when the problem is really on the on the inside. The first thing is that we got to get alone with God. You've got to get. And the crazy thing for me is this: a lot of us are working from home, but that doesn't necessarily equate with us having more alone time with God. I mean, you got more, you're not, you're, you're, you're less busy as far as like the commute and back and forth, going to the office and doing all these things. And that doesn't necessarily always equate with like, I just have more Jesus and me time. Many of us were, you know, you're home with kids and all that kind of stuff. You're just like, I just wish I could get out of my house so I could have some Jesus time. Cause all I get is kid time. All I get is me, me, me. I need, I need, I need time. Right? Water me, weed me, water me, weed me. It's like, God, quit. Right? But you got to get along with God. And you've got to actually keep this in focus because here's the thing, church, if if we don't, if you don't, then you try to directly link your weariness to busyness. It's this, and it's her, and it's this project, and these pigs won't blanket themselves, and I got to, somebody's got to do it, and oh my gosh, right? But what if, What if our weariness is not directly linked to our busyness? For many of us, this is kind of like a, I don't really know if I agree with this, but what if, what if, what if your weariness isn't that your job or your marriage is too hard or that your relationship is on the outs or that you're having a tough time with your kid or that life's demands are too much? Like what if, what if your weariness isn't necessarily connected to your busyness? And we see this even in the life of Paul as he's talking in Galatians 6, 9. Because what we find is that what if our weariness is because we're not getting alone with God? Jesus' response to Martha, he says, Martha, 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 you are so worried and concerned and troubled about many things, but Mary... Not to say that she's perfect. I know she's kind of a hot mess and she's got to get her own place to live. That's for sure. Can we all agree? But, but, but Mary's chosen the good part. He's like, come sit with me for a bit. And it's in the sitting with me for a bit. It's in getting alone with me for a bit that you'll now be able to do the things that you need to do and not be weary. Even in the midst of it. He says, Mary's chosen the good part. In other words, this, catch this. Don't miss the good part in the midst of doing good things. I'm preaching much better than you're listening. Don't miss the good part in the midst of doing good things. Because if we get focused on doing the good thing, and we and we're missing the good part of just getting alone with him and enjoying being a son or a daughter, and we think that we're just having to just keep going, just keep working, just keep doing all these good things, he says, don't get weary in doing good, and miss it, and miss out on what this thing is all about, and miss the harvest that's prepared. So, are you getting alone with him? Are you getting alone with your father? because if not then you're headed to weariness or you're already weary and you maybe don't even know it and if you're not making time for the good part to rest and to sit at his feet the second part is this get connected with godly relationships our temptation is to become when we're weary is to get isolated and to distance ourselves and we start social distancing and we think, <laughs> I've been social distancing before social distancing was a thing, right? Because you're weary and you've been pushing away and you've been pushing aside and you start, you know, these relationships are no longer that, that important and anything like that. And, and, and when we get weary, everything within us screams to just, to just get away from other people. You just need more me time. That is the thing that is going to solve all of your problems. And I especially need to socially distance from people who follow Jesus, right? I want to read for you. Paul writes in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another in all the t- and all the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, when you're weary, church becomes an option. And it's one of those things on your plate that you just need to take a week off from. You just need a break, Right? When you're weary, relationships are too hard, and so you just need to take a break from them. You just need more me time, and you can't go out and do your, your, your life group because you just need to just get alone with some me time, right? But, but what we find is the very thing that we're trying to run away from is the very thing that we need the most. And what we find through the Word of God is that godly relationships are the things that encourage us in our weariness to keep our eyes on the harvest, Godly relationships in our weariness are the things that will spur you on to encourage you. Godly relationships in our weariness will remind you why you're doing what you're doing in the first place and why you're even farming this thing, right? And so if you're weary, here's what I would say. Prioritize and schedule your godly relationships first. Prioritize and schedule your godly relationships first because you're never going to have time for them. You won't. I mean, come on, you, you're busy and tired. You got a whole lot of stuff going on. And I'm just telling you, you're not going to have time for any of that stuff. You're not even going to have time to sign up for a life group. You're not going to have time to go out to, out to coffee with someone. You're not going to have time for that. Why? Because, because you're busy. Schedule and prioritize those first. Number three, keep your eyes on the harvest. Because weariness will cloud your vision. Weariness will will get you so that you're not seeing correctly. You become so fixated on the problems or the news cycle or the circumstances, the disappointment or the unmet expectations or the waiting that, that you can't even remember why you're farming in the first place and it is so exhausting. And you take your eyes off of the harvest. He says this, let us not become weary in doing good for the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Because when we're weary in doing good, we stop planting seeds and pulling weeds. Think about it in your marriage, right? If you're getting weary in your marriage, you stop planting seeds and pulling weeds. You're, you're weary in your marriage, you stop, you stop investing in it. Why? Because it's not even worth it anyway because I've tried and it doesn't work. I've, we tried doing this and it, never, it always fails and I stop pulling weeds. I'm, I'm not gonna try and change. I'm not gonna do anything different. Why? Because it doesn't do anything anyway. In fact, I think the soil of our marriage is gone and we bought it at Kmart and I need to go and change. We need, I, the problem is my marriage and I need to move to a different marriage and this is what's gonna fix it. It has nothing to do with my failure to plant seeds and to, and to walk and to weed, it, it has to do with something else that needs to, to change. And we see this, you know, when we take our eyes off of praying for a loved one to come to Christ. We stop planting seeds and we stop pulling weeds. We just say, you know, I, I prayed for them for a while, but they're too far gone, and you don't understand what they're into right now, and I'm not even gonna bother with this, I don't even wanna see them at Christmas time, and this is where I'm at. Like, We stop planting seeds and we stop pulling weeds when we take our eyes off of the harvest. And Paul is saying, don't give up. Even when you don't feel it, even when, even when you don't see it with your eyes, doing the right thing over the long period of time will reap a harvest. It's kind of this idea of like, how, how do you become a millionaire? Well, you make small, consistent deposits over a long period of time. It accumulates. It's called compound interest, right? How do you live a million dollar life? You literally make small, consistent deposits over a long period of time that will reap a harvest. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, when you think, how, how is this contributing to anything? God says don't give up the harvest is coming won't you stand with me Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this therefore Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Now, catch this. I love how it kind of gives us this insider knowledge of Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, he kept his eyes on the harvest. "'scorning its shame and sat down "'at the right hand of the throne of God. "'Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners "'so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. "'It was because Jesus kept his eyes on the harvest "'that he endured the cross,' when his family thought that he was crazy and they're like, hey, we're concerned about you, when, when, his, um, when his followers started scattering, when the Pharisees started condemning him, when the crowd started socially distancing, right? And when the, when, when, when the guards started beating him, the Bible says that he was able to go through all of it because of the joy set before him. And I think about this, like Jesus he's getting beaten as he's hanging on a cross. He's looking at what is right in front of him and it looks like a desolate wasteland. The people that were his supporters are gone. People are just yelling things at him and cursing him. But he had his eyes on the harvest, even though what was right in front of him looked like a complete failure. And so Christian, I want to just leave this with you today. Like, what is it that Jesus is speaking to you? What is it that the Holy Spirit is reminding you of to keep your eyes on? What is it that, that the harvest that he's saying, I don't want you to get distracted from this. Keep your eyes on it. Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter six. I love the story of Nehemiah. I know many of you guys do. They, he, he had this, uh, this, this word that he knew that his, his role was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And that was what he knew he was supposed to be doing. And, and he had people coming up all the time trying to distract him, to threaten him, to get him to, to be fearful, to get him to come down off the wall, to come down off the project. And I think, isn't that just life like these days? Like we, we got this thing and I know that, God, you, you, you want me to pour into my marriage, you want me to pour into my family, you want me to pour into our church, and all these things, and, like, and we try to stay on the wall that God has purposed for us and then we end up getting distracted along the way. And if you just turn on the news, there's two things that, that will pop up, something that will either cause fear in you or something that will cause rage in you. A fear or rage, fear and rage, fear and rage. We click it, we click the channel. Oh, I'm angry. Oh, I'm fearful. Oh, angry, angry, fearful, angry, fearful. And we get into this thing where we literally are distracted by both, by both things, by fear or by rage. We either have to be angry about something or fearful of something. And, and, and it's just a distraction of what it is that God has called you to. And before we realize it, we realize that we have forfeited God's best for what is right in front of our faces. And it's absolutely tiring. It's wearisome. And I love how Nehemiah responds. It says upwards of five times to the same dude that kept coming up to him. Almost like, you know, they keep yelling up, hey, I'd like to come meet with you. Hey, you need to come down here. Hey, I've got this letter you need to read. Hey, you need to pay attention to this. Hey, you need to be scared of this. Hey, if you're not angry, you should be. And he's just going, hey, you need to come down here. And literally, time and time again, Nehemiah says the exact same thing. He says, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'd love to be enraged about what, you're, what you want me to be mad about. I'd love to be scared about what you're being scared about right now. I'd love to sit there and talk about it and ad nauseum watch it till all hours of the night. But I actually have a great work and I cannot come down. And it's not putting my head in the, in the sand and acting like nothing's going on. It's just realizing I'm keeping my eyes on the harvest and I refuse to take my eyes off of the purposes of God that he has for my life. I'd love to do this with you, but I just need you to understand. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. I refuse to be tired out by you. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. I just want to encourage you, church. Next time the distractions come, which will be right after this service, um, just maybe just look at the distraction and say, "I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down." I'd love to go down this rabbit trail with you. I, I. I'd love to keep clicking and dragging and scrolling and clicking and scrolling. I just, I'm doing a good work and I cannot come down. Jesus, I pray that you would spark in us, Lord, a passionate pursuit of you. Lord, as we head into this 2021 season, If there is a shifting that is coming here in the shifting of a year, God, make us to keep our eyes fixed solely on the purposes of God because you have a great work for us. He said that the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. May we not fall asleep at the wheel and miss the good part in the midst of doing good things. So Jesus, may we walk passionately hard after you, God. I pray that you would, you would literally just, in these next few days, even as we prepare ourselves and prepare our hearts, that you would renew vision, that you would renew words, God. You would renew the, the purposes that you've placed on our life and the harvest that is, that is right in front of us, Lord, that we wouldn't get distracted by the things that are in front of our face that we would keep our eyes on the harvest that is always in front of us. God, we thank you that you have, You've, you've purposed that in us. May we be obedient to it, not shrink back from it, and not get distracted from it. Galatians 6.9, let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Jesus, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the individuals and the families represented in it. God, I pray that as we walk into a new season, we would walk into the season realizing that you've got new plans, new purposes, and new roles for us. Lord, I pray that the responsibility of plowing and planting and weeding and watering and waiting, we would do it diligently and realize that there's growth along the way, even if it feels like pain. God, I pray I pray that we would see greatest outpouring of harvest in this place, in, in our church in 2021. I pray that your Holy Spirit would show up in wondrous ways. I pray that as the word of God is preached, that signs and wonders will follow. I pray that the sick are healed. I pray that the dead are raised. I pray that the sinners are saved. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would do what only you can do when we choose to walk diligently in obedience to what you place before us, keeping our eyes on the harvest that we would not grow weary we continue to walk in everything that you have for us jesus we praise you we give you all the glory in your name we pray amen 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 church amen 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 god bless you have an amazing week merry christmas